You're listening to New Age Hipster Radio, home of spiritual rambles and high vibe combos. Always dogma free and a totally cool place to be. You can head to newagehipster.co for more spiritual awesome sauce. But for now, here's your host, Bix. Hi, Jess. Hello. Hi, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to finally get to sit down and chat with you. I know, because we've been like sort of following each other online for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Yep. I don't even remember actually when I found you or how I found you. And it was a long time ago. It was inevitable that eventually we'd end up here. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like this is just the beginning, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. That'd be fun. <laughs> I hope so too. Yeah. I'm feeling like, um, yeah, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? But I'm very excited to to chat with you today um, and to hear a bit about your story and your thoughts and all of that good stuff on what it's like to be a witch, a professional witch, mm-hmm. and to be like somebody in the community who is kind of sharing all their witchy stuff and helping other people through magic and witchcraft. Yeah, it's it's a roller coaster. <laughs> is it? <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is. At least it has been for me. I know for some people it may not be, but for me it has been. So, yeah. Yeah. So what does, like, I guess the thing with like a lot of the listeners, people who listen to this podcast, there's going to be people out there who are super witchy and, you know, like this is like, you know, yeah, yeah, we've talked about the witch witch stuff, you know, (laughs) a million times. But there's also a lot of people in my community who are kind of people who wouldn't necessarily use the word witch to describe Mm -hmm. themselves, but they're spiritual and they're into like new age stuff. Um, There's a lot of people who identify as some sort of like Christian witch, like people who Mm -hmm. are kind of a little bit Jesus-y, but they're also doing some spells and (laughs) doing a bit of like manifesting and, you know, all that stuff too. Um, So for the benefit of everybody who's here, who may or may not be that into like witchcraft in that way, um, would you be able to kind of describe for us a bit about like what, what it means to you at least to be a witch? Like, what does that mean? Yeah. And that's the thing that's important to kind of keep in mind with anyone that you talk to about this is it's always what they kind of perceive it to be because you can ask 10 witches, like, what does it mean to you to be a witch? And you'll get like 20 answers because everyone has their own take and personally, I feel like that's how it should be. And, you know, that's, you know, we always talk about, you know, so many of us that get into the craft talk about how, oh, I went this way because I didn't like the dogma of the religion I was brought up with. Because despite what the internet might want you to think, most people that are witches were not raised this way. I mean, now maybe if someone's like maybe like 25 or something, they may have been raised if they were born in like the 90s, they may have been raised with a mom who was Wiccan. But most people really weren't raised with this. They found it at some point in their life and gravitated towards it in some way. And so everyone's got a little bit of a different take on it based on their personal experience. For me, a witch is someone who practices witchcraft. And it's not a religion, it's a practice. So witchcraft and like, you know, the thing like with witchcraft and Wicca, which go hand in hand for a lot of people, don't for a lot of others. Wicca is the religion and witchcraft is the practice. Or, you know, you can even say, you know, like Christian witches and, you know, whatever. Your religion is separate from the witch part. That's, That's the practice of applying uh, you know, intention and energy through 
action um, in both ritual sense and the more mundane life sense. So, um, you know, a witch is someone who is working spells, who, uh, you know, works with the energies of various, um, you know, plants and, and crystals and, you know, earth energy and whatever. You may or may not work with gods and goddesses and spirits. Some do, some don't. You know, it's a matter of personal belief. And I think also just what works for you. But for me, I'm a chaos witch. So I don't subscribe to any one tradition. And I do tend to kind of, you know, just by the nature of what chaos magic is, just kind of go where I feel I need to go for what I need to do. Um, and I certainly have practices and things that, you know, for me, I know work, and so they're my go-tos, but then there are, you know, always for me opportunities to try out something new when I need it. So, um, so the long and the short of it really is that to me, a witch is someone who practices magic, who does witchcraft. Um, I know that there's a very, you know, it's very sort of like on trend and in vogue these days to use the term for anyone and everything that has to do with like feminine power. And I don't agree with that. Mm -hmm. And, but that's just me. Um, and, and I mean, it's fine. There are, of course, there is a feminine power aspect to witchcraft, but there's also a masculine power aspect to it too, because a witch is not just a woman, witches are men. So, um, you know, there is a lot of, a lot of other stuff around it. And I think that, you know, there's been a, an interesting shift in the paradigm of witchcraft in the last handful of years. I read an interesting article last week about the, uh, the change in witchcraft because of the quote Tumblr witch. And I thought that was really interesting <laughs> mm -hmm. because it is, there is a very interesting online witch culture that only exists online. You don't see it anywhere else. It all exists on Tumblr and Instagram and um, it doesn't exist anywhere else, like in reality. It really is just a virtual thing. And it has changed, I think, how some people who aren't already in the, you know, in the craft kind of look at what it is and how it is carried out and, and what it means to be a witch, that you have to, you know, live in some like old, dark house with a lot of, you know, dried flowers and a lot of amethyst and, you know, black candles and lacy clothes like and that's not you know that's not <laughs> true and in fact I, I would would I love to live in that world sure but it's really unrealistic <laughs> so um you know I mean there's there is this like interesting I think change in in how people use the word and how people define what it means and you know that's again why I think it just it depends on who you're talking to so to me it, it is all about actually doing witchcraft and uh and working magic yeah, yeah, because it's it really is interesting times right now. <laughs> oh, is it? It really is. I mean, <laughs> and like, we're I think we're both around the same age, aren't we? So, like, I I remember like I first started getting into witchy stuff in the '90s, like when the craft came out, yeah. and there was like this little kind of like resurgence of like you know witchy being a witch was cool. We had in Australia, we had like witchcraft magazine, and like um, you know all this all this stuff was kind of happening. And that was when I started to really get interested in stuff. But the difference between what it was like then and now is just like huge. It, it's massive. It's so weird to me to think about, you know, even like shops, like going into magical shops now. Mm. It's so different from like the shops in the 90s where, you know, it was all 
you could go into one shop in one city and go into another in another city and it was the exact same store because everyone sold the exact same things because there was only so much yeah. to sell. You know, now you go into a shop and there might only be 10 things on the wall, but they were all handmade by some like third degree high priestess, yada, yada. <laughs> yeah. That didn't exist when, <laughs> when yeah. I was like, you know, doing that sort of stuff. So um, it, is, it is interesting to me to see the sort of shift um, in how witchcraft even just exists in the world now, as opposed to like 20 years ago. And, you know, it's even funny too, how people today um, like talking about how they came into magic. So, you know, like you talk about the craft, you know, I think by the, the craft came out in like 96. So I'd already been practicing for maybe 10 years at that point. And cause I started when I was really young and, wow. and yeah. when, <laughs> like you're that much older than me. <laughs> I, I came into it when I was eight. That was wow. when I first found it. So, um, so when the craft came out, I'd already been practicing, but even at that point, because it had been like eight, nine, 10 years, I had already started to kind of get into that backslide where you get lazy. Mm -hmm. And so when I went and saw that, I saw that movie, I think three times in the theater because I had gone with a friend, with my mother, and then again by myself, because I just wanted to really absorb the, because I enjoyed it. So and it is still one of my favorite movies because it's just so fun. Um, but it's like back then, it's like if you were like, oh, I saw the craft and now I'm like really curious. It was like, oh, okay, well, here's what's real and here's what's movie magic. Now it's like, if you were to say, oh, I'm really curious to find out more, more about witchcraft because I just watched, you know, season one of Sabrina and I want to, mm -hmm. I want to learn. People would be like, oh my God, get out of here. You are not for real. Like that's not real. And if that's what you think witchcraft is, then, you know, fuck you, go away. No, it's like whatever gets you into it, gets you into it. I mean, you learn the difference between movie magic and, and, and real magic pretty quick. Um, but it's like whatever gets you there gets you there. And so today it's like, I feel as though there's a lot of people that discover it because of, you know, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever, um, you know, the Tumblr aesthetic. And then they don't, but they don't go that next step, I feel. Like they don't really go into the learning all the time and they just kind of rest there because they like the aesthetic and the vibe. And then there's like a whole other aspect of it that I think a lot of people just kind of like, oh, now that might be a little more than I want to get into because it does require actual study. Like, yeah. like get a book with a highlighter and a uh -huh. notebook with a pen because you're going to be here a while, you know? Like, it really does require that amount of dedication. And I, it's like there's two worlds of witchcraft these days. There's the surface, you know, aesthetic social media version. And then there's, you know, the actual practitioners who may be floating in both worlds or may not. So it is interesting times because it's just interesting how people are finding it. Um, and then the, the level at which some people do or don't get into it. You know, some people think, Oh, I have some crystals and a pinnacle necklace. I'm a witch. Like, no, think, but okay. I think, actually, I, think I, I was a little bit like, <laughs> I think that might've been me. When I yeah. No, I think, I think that's a lot of people when you start, I mean, but that's the thing. It's like, that's where you start maybe. Yeah. But then if like 10 years later, you're still doing that. It's like, listen, are you, you're taking yourself seriously still? Like, really? Come on now. I mean, it's like, there's a, there's a difference between, I want people to think I'm a witch because it either makes me scary makes me look intimidating, makes me seem cool, whatever, and actually just doing it and living that, that life. And it's not always the easiest lifestyle to live. 
because it's not all like Instagram. And, mm -hmm. you know, there is a lot of time and dedication that has to go into learning and practicing and, and, and all of that. So. Yeah. I like, I feel that so much because like, I don't, and this is something that I want to talk to you about as well, but I don't necessarily use the word witch to describe mm -hmm. myself, but mm -hmm. I feel like what I do is very witchy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I feel like to get to that point where you're living a witchy life and you are like, you know, you're using your energy to create things and you're, you know, you're doing your version of witchcraft and whatever. It's actually takes a really long time. It takes a really long time to work all of that out. Yeah. Like you're working on your own energy, like all the time, you're always noticing stuff coming up. You're like, what is this shit that I need to clear and heal and work through mm -hmm. now? Like it's a constant, like, okay, what are we doing today? Like what's coming up? It's certainly hasn't been, it hasn't been an easy path. Like it's been a lot of hard work for me, but at the same time, I feel like it's easier than staying asleep. Yeah, no, I think so. And I think that when you realize that it is work and you have to, you know, really work on yourself first and foremost, mm -hmm. like magic doesn't work if you don't yeah. work on you, you know? And, um, I think that for a lot of people when they, you know, I mean, let's be honest, a lot of people first get into magic because they either need or want one of two things, a love spell or a money spell. It's always, it's <laughs> yes. sex or money. Those are the two <laughs> things that drive the world. Right? Sex and money. So that's yeah. usually what most people start out needing. And when you do your first, you know, love or money spell and either it doesn't work or it backfires completely um, and you screw things up more, then you realize, oh, so this isn't just light a candle, say a few things and everything's going to be hunky dory. It doesn't work that way. And then it usually will reveal to you the things about you that need to be worked on. And there's a, a weird thing, and I know in the 90s especially, this was a big deal, and sometimes I guess it still is now, but I don't hear it as much, but there was often the whole uh, don't do magic for yourself. You should never do magic for yourself. It should all, you should be using your magic for other people. And I've always thought, well, that's a bunch of bullshit. I mean, how, if I can do all of these things for other people, why would I let myself not be healed or have these good things in my own life? Why would I only do it for other people? So I think that, you know, giving yourself permission to work on you first, knowing that working your magic on you and looking at all that stuff that comes up, you know, all the, the, you know, issues of fear and not feeling good enough or, you know, deserving and all that, you work through that stuff and it improves your life and your magic as a whole. And that's one of those things that I think some people think, oh, well, you know, that's a little new agey. So, but that, that's not got anything to do with magic or witchcraft. Of course it does. You know, a lot of the stuff that we see in the new age community exists already in much ancient or ancient mm -hmm. I just made up a word, yeah. much more, much more ancient concepts. You know, the, the one I always like to point to for that is of course the secret. I mean, mm. that's part of the, you know, the universal laws yeah. um, and the hermetic principles. So, I mean, you're talking something that was not, you know, every, oh my God, this is so like innovative. No, it's really not. Where have you, I mean, you know, and that's just because you never looked past, you know, 
the, you know, psychic listings in the newspaper. So yeah. it's, you know, that's just a matter of realizing that all of this stuff can work together and it needs to work together. You cannot work magic successfully if you are a mess. You know, if you internally are a mess, your magic's going to be a mess. Um, you know, it's like you can't, you know, do a spell for, um, for money while still sitting around being like, oh my God, I'm so broke. I can't spend a dime because I am so poor and I'm never going to have money. But yet you're casting a spell to get cash. Well, guess what's not going to happen? I mean, because you're basically saying I don't want it because, you know, I'm broke and I'm reaffirming that to myself that I'm always poor and I never have money. So guess what's going to happen? You can light all the money candles you want. You can do, you know, all the rituals you want and it's not going to work. So yeah. you have to start yeah. with yourself. Or you get the money, but then you just spend it on something that you like, that you, you get, need yeah. and you're still broke. Right. Or you get the money and then like the same day or the day after you get the money, you get a giant tax bill or something. Like, mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're setting yourself up to not have what you say you want. So you need to always start with what is it that you really want? And, you know, when we talk about taking like new agey concepts and mixing them with magic, one that I always use with magic that I think some of my past students have been like, do we have to talk about this again? Because this is getting really old. I love to use the desire map with magic. Yeah. yeah. And it drives some people crazy, <laughs> but I love it because it is exactly like the, that best first step to working really good magic. What is it that you really want? What is it that you really want to feel at the end of the day when your magic works? When you don't have that sorted out, your magic's not going to come out the way you want. So, Yeah, and I guess like a question would be as well is like what actually is magic? That to me, magic is taking your intentions, taking your, your energy and your desire and manipulating it and forming it and shaping it with the energies of the world around you in a way that is going to bend things to your, I guess you could say to your will, but to your, um, you know, to meet your desires, to get you what you want. But that of course then begs the question of, well, then what about when magic doesn't work? And sometimes things, you know, it's that whole, you know, sometimes you don't get what you want, but you get what you need. And in hindsight, we realize that, but in the moment when we don't get the thing that we want and we get something else that either isn't what we wanted or is totally, you know, making things worse, that's when in hindsight we realize, oh, I needed to work on something else first before I was going to be able to get to that thing anyway, and this just revealed it to me. Um, you know, it's like when people say, well, how many times am I going to have to learn the same lesson over and over again? <laughs> Guess what? Yeah. You're not learning the lesson if it's <laughs> happening over and over again. So maybe you need to sit down and re-examine yourself. Like that, you know, and that's one of the biggest things is like we, you know, we go through, you know, bad relationship after bad relationship after bad relationship. Like I thought I hit, I fixed this. Clearly no, because you're mm -hmm. still finding yourself in that same place. So, um, you know, just because you've gone through something doesn't mean you learned something, doesn't mean you've changed anything about yourself. You have to then do something with what you've experienced so that you don't relive it. A lesson is only truly learned once. You might experience it in another way at another time because now there's a, a more finite way to work with it. But you're not going to, you know, if you keep having the same bad experience or run a bad luck happen over and over and over, 
you're not learning the lesson. But if it's a little different next time, well, then it's because now there's another level of it we need to deal with. But, you know, and again, it just all comes back to start with you. Start with what you've got going on. Yeah, I feel like that's so important because I know, I know in, on my path, like especially, you know, when I, was, when I was younger and kind of just starting to learn about everything or even though like, you know, because I had a big break, like I was really into spiritual stuff and then I was kind of, kind of dabbled and dipped, dipped in and out for many, many years. And then mm-hmm. about like five or six years ago, I kind of got the call to really get back into everything again. And I know there's been many times where I have done a spell or some kind of manifestation work. And I've done like, you know, I've done all of the steps, for like everything that you're supposed to do and like nothing happens. And then I start kind of like getting into that energy of like blaming myself, like what am I doing wrong? Um, but the way that I do spell work and manifestation and stuff now is I really do it from the perspective of like, I'm not changing the world around me. I'm changing myself and I'm changing my right. energy and I'm changing what I'm attracting. Right. Right. That's ultimately what it is. And to me, I still see that though as kind of like changing the things around you because it's that whole idea of, you know, you, what you're putting out is going to, you know, reflect what you get back. So, you know, when you're changing your, your energy and your perception and your vibe, it does sort of ripple out into Mm -hmm. the things around you. That's when you see, like, when you decide, like, okay, I have been living like a crazy person that has been, you know, refusing to adult at all, and I need to now get my life together. And you start doing that, and you start owning your shit and getting responsible and being adult and whatever, you start to notice that without you doing anything, certain people just start vanishing from your life. Mm -hmm. Certain experiences start changing, new opportunities come up, other ones fall away. And that is just because you're changing your energy. And so it's changing the energy around you and how it either is drawn or repelled from you. So it, again, it's just like, you've got to look at you first. Now, when it comes to doing spells and rituals, you know, sometimes if you are so like, and this is something that I think at this point in my practice has become a little bit more of how things work for me. Sometimes you're just so able to deal with your own energy and, and change things based on your perception and your thoughts and your energy that you don't even need to do a whole lot of spell work because you're able to to shift it within yourself first and foremost. Mm. All magic truly happens from within. All of the candles and the crystals and all that stuff is great and wonderful, but they are just tools to help us do that inner shift of energy. So you don't even need, like to me, the ultimate goal is to not need any of that stuff. Yeah. It's nice to have, of course, and we love all of those trappings because then we couldn't have those pretty Instagram pictures. But <laughs> yes, actually, <laughs> yes, but you don't actually need it. The goal, the goal is really to to learn and understand that the change is all within you and your energy, and then where you send it. And none of that requires expensive and fancy tools. It's nice. They're nice to have. And, you know, I've certainly spent more money than I've ever needed to on stupid things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have, I have, I have a gorgeous, gorgeous wand of 
made with this gigantic quartz thing and a big piece of spirit quartz on the other end that I spent like $350 on. Did I need that? Absolutely not. Did not need it. It has not changed any way that I do my, do my magic. But do I like having it on my altar? Absolutely. Because it shifts my mindset. And that's what those things are for. So, you know, the ultimate goal is to just understand that magic is within you. You are the magic. And, you know, so what you do every moment of every day is actually doing a spell. And that spell is you. It's your life. So. Oh, I, I vibe with that so much. And that's like, because, you know, yeah, again, like, even though I don't necessarily use the term witch to describe myself, like, I feel like that's exactly what I do. <laughs> like, that's exactly yeah. what I'm doing over here. Um, and it's really interesting too, you know, talking about how everything is really just about changing yourself. And it's all about you and working on yourself so that you can make those changes and so that you can attract the things to you that you want. And I was just thinking like while you were talking about um, my time in the church when we used to pray mm -hmm. and how I felt so sort of disconnected when I would just pray for stuff because it's like you're just <laughs> sitting there like police can I have this and like I'm sorry I was you know I'm sorry I did something dumb in this situation and like can I please have this thing and thanks for this other thing and it sort of felt a little bit like a letter to Santa you know like mm -hmm. I'm just saying all the things that I want and then I I'm going to bed or whatever. Whereas like the different, and I know not everyone's doing that. Like I'm sure there's plenty of people who are working with prayer in a very different way. But for me, when I was in the church, that was kind of how it was taught to you. You know, it wasn't really ever about you working on yourself. You would ask for forgiveness, mm -hmm. which I guess is a part of working on yourself, you know, like owning your own shit and saying like, yeah. I did this thing and I'm not like, don't feel great about it. But there was really no emphasis on like, changing anything within yourself like it was all about giving your stuff to God and then asking God for stuff <laughs> but when I started working more with my own energy like the difference between like that disconnected feeling of like oh I'm just writing this list to God of like all the things I want thanks sorry please um, right. versus like, I'm going to sit here and actually take responsibility for my energy and what I'm putting out in the world and what I'm receiving is like, to me, that's really kind of like, almost like the missing piece to prayer. Mm -hmm. And well, it's funny yeah. that you mentioned, it's funny the way that you talk about that though, because it reminds me of I, when I was a kid, I was raised Catholic, Roman Catholic. And, mm -hmm. um, it makes me think of when we first started going to confession, when you first start doing yeah. that and you go in and you sit there and you list off all the quote unquote bad things that you've done that week. And then you're sent off to go say, you know, the prayers you have to say, and then that's it. Like, that's it. You yeah, go and yeah. you say some Hail Marys and you light a candle yeah. or whatever, and then you go home and then guess what? You do the same things over again. Then you're back mm -hmm, next week mm -hmm. with the same list of things. And again, you're back at the altar saying your prayers, lighting your candle and going home. And it, it, it's like, there's never any actual like, okay, well now let's talk about owning that and being mm. responsible for it. No, it's like, is the, I think at the end of the day that the idea is just shaming you into feeling bad about, you know, having to tell someone else like the quote bad things you did that maybe then you'll stop doing them. And it's like, 
or just, you know, you don't want to have to sit there and say a bunch of Hail Marys. You'd rather just go home. Like, you know, it's not about actually changing anything. It's just, well, I don't want to have to, you know, it's embarrassing for me to tell someone these things I did so I shouldn't do them. So I don't have to be embarrassed or mm -hmm. it's uncomfortable or unpleasant or boring or whatever for me to have to sit there and say a bunch of prayers. So I shouldn't do these things so that I don't have to do that. Or you learn to lie and you just tell me <laughs> yeah. that I'm fine and I did nothing wrong and I am a sweet angel mm -hmm. and then you go home. So it's like there's never any, you know, like growing up when I think about, you know, like what you're saying about like praying and not learning, you know, you talk about forgiveness, but you're not actually learning to forgive. You're just asking mm -hmm. for forgiveness mm -hmm. and not even understanding what that means. Yeah. It's the same thing I think like when. I was a kid going to confession, not understanding why is this wrong and why shouldn't I do it? And why am I telling you? And, and why is this prayer going to help change it? You know? And so it's just that lack of ownership and that, you know, let's all just, you know, it's the whole, let God handle it. Just say what it is that you did wrong and God will take care of it. And Clearly not, because I came back the next week with the same damn problems. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, you know, I saw that plenty of times when I was in the church. And again, you know, I, I really don't think everybody's like this. I'm sure there's plenty of Christians out there who are doing all the work and they're oh, yeah, yeah. amazing people. But I saw so many times, you know, people who would sit in church and they'd be like, oh, I'm like, you know, I'm here and I, like, I'm cleansing my sins and I'm worshiping Jesus and like, I'm like inviting him into my heart and my life and everything. And then like five minutes later after service, they'd be like, you know, in the coffee shop, like bitching, <laughs> bitching about everybody else. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, and we all know that there are, you know, there are plenty of Sabbath and Sunday Christians yeah. who are, you know, on Wednesday afternoon getting lunch at a strip club, you know? So it's like... <laughs> There's, there's, you know, there's a lot of just, you know, it's not about, there's a lot of lack in, in all kinds of religions uh, with, you know, responsibility and ownership and, and working on yourself. And instead it's about, you know, putting it all on, you know, some divine figure and asking mm -hmm. for help. And when you do that in pagan religion, that is not the same. It is. <laughs> and I learned that real early <laughs> when I had started um, working with gods and goddesses um, when I probably was around like probably 15 when I really started doing that and learned very quickly. It's not the same. Like when you talk to certain, you know, energies, I consider them energies. I don't like I, you know, I don't feel that Thor is a person. Thor's an energy. <laughs> oh, I feel that. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so it's like, but even when you put, like, when you talk to your, you know, your gods and, and your, your deities and in this realm and you say, you know, I, you know, this happened and I need help with this and what do I do? It's not like, okay, you are forgiven and move on. It's, oh, you want to take care of that? Let me set something up for you to make mm -hmm. sure that you have to deal with that. And then, things get worse. So it's like having to be really careful <laughs> with what you ask for um, mm -hmm. and who you ask for it of. So, um, you know, I think that, I think that there's a lot of stuff that when you come from a church based religion, like you and I did, and then you start to move into other things as you get older. And when you realize that that doesn't vibe with you so much and you're like, well, what else is there? And you start realizing that the things that you may have been raised with don't apply everywhere. And it's interesting. It changes you. And you realize that, 
you have a lot to learn about yourself that no one ever told you you had to learn before. <laughs> yeah, I like I'm all about I mean it's it's hard and I don't like doing it all the time, but I'm all about doing the lessons and doing the work and mm -hmm. experiencing the growth. Like I know that I can't just ask God or you know whichever being or energy to do that for me. Like right. they can help me. <laughs> right. But ultimately like I'm here to do the work otherwise I wouldn't be here. <laughs> Right. Exactly. Be having this experience. Exactly. When yeah. I was when I was first getting started with Wicca, when I was I think it was about eleven when I first was really reading about Wicca. Um, one of the things that I read that has always resonated with me was the idea that the whole purpose for our existence, and I think this was a Scott Cunningham thing that I read, that our whole purpose for our earthly existence is to learn the lessons that the goddess and the god can't because they don't have a body mm. and they don't exist in this more dense realm and so we go through these lessons and we learn these things about ourselves and about um, others and then eventually when we move into into spirit we bring those lessons with us and then they feed the divine and help the divine grow and help everyone evolve a little mm. bit so I still believe that, but I don't believe it in the, you know, that there's a, a guy and a girl in the sky watching over <laughs> us. Like, I don't believe that, but I do believe in the idea of, you know, the energetic aspect of all mm. of that. And so, um, you know, and that's one of the reasons why I think that when you see like groups of communities, um, you know, especially like after a tragedy, all come together in a way where they're focused on a very positive thing to help each other and they evolve a bit and you see like things really change in a place because of that. And it, it has to do with that idea of elevating everyone through, you know, an experience because you've changed and then it helps to inform the collective energy of a community or, or something like that. So. Yeah. I feel that so much because we, when whatever work we do on ourselves, like we really are doing it for, I mean, and on some, on some level, I, I also believe that, you know, when we heal ourselves, we're healing everybody. We're like, we're doing that work for everyone, mm -hmm. but yeah. I feel like it very much affects the people that are in our lives. You know, like when we're Absolutely. working on ourselves, everyone that we're in relationship with, that is better for all like, that's better for all yeah no absolutely because i think that when somebody sees you being willing to put in that effort and do things to change yourself that whether they say it or not whether they display it or not it always has some form of of either inspiration or just overall change mm -hmm. on the people around you um, and sometimes that's not, sometimes isn't positive. I mean, let's just be honest. Sometimes it does end up causing someone to feel shitty about themselves. Like, oh, you know, like, look, you, like you lost all this weight and I am still sitting here eating a pint of Ben and Jerry's for dinner every night. Like it's, it makes you, it can make someone feel bad about themselves a little bit. I think when they see someone else doing really well at first, but eventually I feel like that does create. A desire for change when they start to realize oh if they can do it I can do it too you know with whatever you know whether it's getting out of a bad relationship getting a better career going back to school whatever I think that when we work on ourselves and we openly display that we are working on ourselves and we're not like trying to hide it or you know act like it's not a big deal um, I think that it does become inspiration for other people um, in some way whether it's direct or indirect or conscious or subconscious yeah. Yeah, totally. 
Ah, this is so juicy. Um, I really want to talk to you about um, the fear that some people have about using the witch word because mm -hmm. I felt that for a really long time. Like when I was in high school and I was, you know, getting witchy, I was all over calling myself a witch. I used to wear like a pentagram to school. I went to a Catholic high school and I used to like wear my pentagram. <laughs> like, I thought, you know, I was one of those, I was one of those witches that thought they were pretty cool. Um, <laughs> I, I was young, <laughs> um, but I, you know, I didn't really have any problem with calling myself a witch then, you know, if somebody would ask me like, oh, what's your necklace? I'd be like, I'm a witch. Um, <laughs> and I kind of, you know, I, I kind of got, I, I got off that path. I went to church for a while. I got, I left the church. I was always kind of dabbling in witchy and on some level, but I kind of, when I came back to my spiritual path and I kind of got back into tarot and everything like that, I felt really hesitant to use that word again. Like I really, I, I remember saying to people sometimes like, oh, I'm not a, I'm not a witch, but I'm not, not a witch. <laughs> like that was like one of the phrases I would use to describe, like try to describe what I do. And I, I found that so interesting when I heard myself saying those things, because it's like, what, like, why am I, why do I have this fear about using that word? And I just really love to hear like your take on that. Well, I have a couple different ideas on it. And one of the, one of the big ones is, responsibility mm. when when you consider what a witch is and the general concept of what even if we look at the more you know our culturally shifting idea of what a witch is even if you want to take it all the way to the you know the feminist version of you know what a witch is now is just being a woman who's really strong and, and powerful and owns herself and yada yada when you consider all the different versions of what a witch is, they all embody power and strength and the ability to have control and create change in some way. And when you start to call yourself a witch, whether you're whatever the version is that you're using and however you're viewing it, it all does kind of boil down to the idea of having some kind of power and control. And my kind of perception of that is that then you lose the ability to take a back seat to your own life and you can't make excuses or hold excuses anymore for why you don't deal with your shit and why you don't fix the things that are clearly not working in your life because if you're a witch then shouldn't you be able to have like, you know, power over yourself if nothing else, you know? So mm -hmm. I think that there's an aspect of having to be responsible for yourself that is really hard for some people to, to own up to. And that's fine. I mean, everyone's got their thing. And for some people it's taking responsibility for themselves. And so being a witch and not being able to do that is just, they don't go, they don't work together. You know, it doesn't, that doesn't work. <laughs> it just doesn't, mm -hmm. just doesn't work. And then of course the other thing is the, um, just the overall cultural stigma that, you know, whether you want to talk about, you know, 1600s where it's like, you know, evil man manipulating, <laughs> dancing naked in the, in the forest, worshiping Satan, witches. Or the idea of the more modern, like, you know, gothy, you know, maybe she's a Satanist, but doesn't say it kind of, you know, vision. There's all of these visions that have some sort of bizarre, inaccurate, 
darker twist to them that some people they haven't worked out for themselves yet like they haven't figured out what is and isn't in that realm so to use the word is really difficult and i also think that there's you know it's kind of like now sort of bridging these two things is that if you call yourself a witch you are whether you wear a pentacle or you do anything outwardly witchy that other people see if you just so much as you know use the word to describe yourself you are going to have to answer questions mm -hmm. and if you are not prepared to answer questions some of them not so nice some of them ignorant on purpose um then you are going to have a problem calling yourself that you have to know what you're talking about to some degree the people that don't know what they're talking about and then you know try to answer those questions very quickly find themselves, you know, feeling like crap and realizing, oh, I probably shouldn't be saying this too, too loudly because too many people are going to hear and ask questions. Um, I remember once when I was, I was probably about 23 or 24, I was at a party with my boyfriend at the time who was fully aware of my, my practices. And he had actually dated someone who owned a witch shop um, before he had dated me. And so he was, not unaware of the <laughs> of all of this stuff and we were at a party and someone a friend of his that i had just met asked me like oh you know he saw my jewelry and was asking me like oh are you into like witchcraft and stuff and i said yeah i'm i'm a witch and he started asking me all kinds of questions and so i'm answering all of his questions you know fairly seriously not trying to make you know because i don't like to make a joke of it you know mm -hmm. i'm like this is my life and so you know um but answering all of these questions you know as in depth as i felt i needed to at the time and and when the conversation ended and the guy walked away my boyfriend was like he was like crap i didn't know that you could like sit there and have that conversation i'm like <laughs> well just because you and i've never had to have that conversation doesn't mm -hmm. mean that you know i i can sit down and talk about this with anyone and explain it you know it's not a big deal it's just knowing your audience really <laughs> Yeah. knowing what you need to say to make them go oh, okay but um yeah i mean there's a lot of stuff like that you have to you can't partially own the word witch and kind mm. of be a witch you're a witch or you're not and part of that does come down to being able to explain what that is even if it's just what it is to you which mm. is always going to be ultimately the case but being able to describe what it means in a sort of historical sense but also what it means for you and if if someone's like oh so you know what do you do? And you're like, I don't know. I've, I've got some crystals at home and you know, I mean, that's not, that's not cutting it, sister. I'm sorry. That's not going to do it. And you know, so. Yeah. 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 That's, a, that's, um, I feel like that's such a perfect answer as well, because I think, you know, when I kind of started to get back on my path, I was feeling a little bit like, how far, like, how far am I going to go? Because I was getting all these downloads and these feelings that, you know, like you really have to be on this path and you really have to do this work on yourself. And it did feel a little, like I was going to, of course I was going to do it, but it did feel a little bit like, oh, like, where am I going with this? Like, where is right. this going to take me? So there was definitely a sort of feeling of like, mm, <laughs> do I yeah. want to do, do, do this? Well, and one of my teachers from years ago, her, and I, I know that there are people who will have heard this before, um, her whole take was the word witch 
you take it and turn it into an acronym and it means wisdom, integrity, truth, courage, and honor, because that's what it takes to be a witch. And I believe that hundred percent. And mm. all of those things come from study, practice, experience, and working on yourself. And if you're not willing to do those things to achieve those five traits, then, you know, you're kind of not really, I think, fully embracing the path of being a witch. I think you're just kind of, I don't like to say you're playing, although there certainly are people who are just playing at it, but there are, you know, there is an aspect of not just being, you know, not being fully committed because you're not really committed to yourself at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the other things that I found really sort of, like difficult was that I feel like there's such a like people have people have such a like a view of the word witch like when people think of witches they tend to think of like the like the tumbler witch you know like mm -hmm. you're in your black boots and you've got your lace on and you've got like five yeah. million crystals that you don't need but it's all very smoky and you know like people tend to see witches as being like you know sort of doing the stuff in the dark mm -hmm. whereas like so much of my work is like unicorn like unicorn <laughs> <laughs> and like angels and ascended masters and stuff and of course I'm still doing all of the the shadow work too you know like yeah. I'm still going to those places I'm still doing all that stuff but the place where I kind of feel happiest is like you know when I'm like dancing around with unicorns <laughs> and whatever <laughs> and so yeah. I think there was a little bit of a feeling that like I can't use the word witch because I'm not like a traditional witch like I'm not a witch in the sense that I have a coven and that I'm you know mm -hmm. doing rituals in that sort of the way that I probably was doing them in the 90s like my right. practices changed a lot right, and I right. think there was like some kind of I mean, a little bit like fear, but also, you know, like, oh, I don't feel like I'm like, I'm not the same as the other witches. So I can't mm -hmm. use that word. Yeah. And I think that if you're, you know, if you also have to just kind of consider what is your perception of what a witch is. And so for some people, their perception of a witch is someone who is, you know, doing rituals every full moon and is in a coven and is doing all of these kinds of things and they don't do that, then of course they're going to have a hard time using that term and they'll use something else. And that doesn't mean that they're not a witch. It just means that to them, they don't fill that role and that's fine. Um, you know, and I think that when it comes to things like the dark and the light aspect, for me, I think that everyone's got, you know, you have to be comfortable in both to some mm -hmm. degree because you're always going to need to work in both at some point. And you, but that doesn't mean that you can't be more comfortable in one than the other. Yeah. And I think also there's the aspect of understanding for yourself why you're comfortable in one and not the other as much. And if like you're completely repulsed by one and not the other, then you really need to figure out what is the thing that's so prickly about it because that's something that you need to work on. Because uh, I, I feel like in order to be balanced as a practitioner, you have to be comfortable. It's a whole, you know, hexing and healing. You have to be comfortable with both because they do go hand in hand. And so, um, you know, that's why when, when like the topic of hexing comes up and people kind of like go, Oh my God, I don't use no. Oh, bad. And I'm like, no, not always. And sometimes it's a necessity. So, you know, if you're, if you're uncomfortable with something like that, then you need to figure out for yourself why that is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for me, I've always been a little bit more comfortable on the darker side, just because I tend to be more drawn to working with 
um, necromancy and spirits and things like that. So um, I have no problem with the light side of things. And I certainly did spend a few years very heavily involved in like doing like angel work and things like that, because I really felt like I needed to go there for a while because I hadn't for so long. Um, and I'll go to wherever I need to now, but I am for me more comfortable on the, you know, in the darker, the shadow stuff. Mm. And it's, I think it's a journey too, because just because I'm like super into unicorns and angels right now, doesn't mean that's where I'm going to be forever. Right. Because I was also super into unicorns and angels for a few years. And I had, was very, very, um, you know, I was taking certification courses and angel mastery and stuff. Like I did all of that and I was very, very into it. And then it's like, do I still use it? Of course. I still bring out the angel cards and I still sit down and do angel meditations, but I'm more likely to do shamanic journeying into the underworld and working with um you know darker uh energies and darker spirits of the norse uh tradition than i am probably now working with angels but you know where do i need to go today that's again that's just like i think my chaos path is just like well where do i need to be today that's where we're gonna go so yeah yeah i think one thing i found difficult on my path is like having other people who identify as witches sort of looking at my Instagram, like looking at my Instagram. Oh my God. Page. You know, I, <laughs> you're so love and light. Like, uh, shadow work. It's like right. Oh, I mean, you know me? I, I cannot tell you how many times I have been accused of being a Satanist. And I'm like, listen, <laughs> I actually am okay with that. Accuse mm. me of being a Satanist. That's totally fine because clearly you've never read the satanic Bible. Mm. It's actually, you would probably agree with more of it than you think you would. So, <laughs> You know, things like that make me nuts. It's like, yes, I have a lot of black and I, you know, I do work with a lot of things that are a little on the darker side, but that doesn't make me a Satanist, you know? Mm. And, and then it's, you know, people that don't even understand what Satanism actually is or just like accusing everyone of being satanic devil worshipers and things because they have black candles instead of white candles. It's like, Mm. oh, seriously. So I just, that's why, you know, at this point for me, on a personal level, when I share anything that has to do with magic on social media, um, my first reaction to anyone that says anything uh, that is supposed to be negative is just like, well, that's not me. That's you. you know. And that, again, also comes down to you know, talking about like new age stuff. I went through a very difficult time in 2013 and ended up picking up for the first time after having it cross my path many times. Um, picked up the four agreements and read the four agreements as though it was my course book for life and completely changed my life and eventually completely changed my magical path as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, now it's like if anyone looks at my magic and has a criticism about it, that's not about me, totally Mm -hmm. about them. And it's just reflecting where they need to do their own work if they, if they're practitioners of, of magic or if they're just people doing whatever, you know, whatever it is they're criticizing is more of a sign of where they need to work. Not me. Mm, yeah. I, I, I feel that a lot. I, you know, it used to be a little bit difficult to, to take when I was first on Instagram and um, cause it would happen a lot like in the tarot community. So not necessarily mm-hmm. even people who were identifying as witches, but people would look at the way that I was reading tarot and the sort of decks that I was using and mm-hmm. 
you know, I get a lot of like, oh, like you're too fluffy, you're too love and light, you're not doing oh, I know. work. <laughs> when I when I first started teaching my intuitive tarot course that I do, I got um, somebody in like a tarot group I was in on Facebook had um, with I didn't know because I wasn't vocal in this group, and this person had shared my course in the group, and people were looking at it and making all of these just like ridiculous <laughs> comments about, mm -hmm. you know, oh, you know, you can't read tarot lap that way. Like that's not reading yeah. tarot. You have to study the books and learn all the meanings and, and know all of the, what all the yods mean and know all the astrological associations. And I'm like, oh my God, you know, you don't. And there's more than one way to use tarot. And this is why I walk up path on my own because I can't it's like things like that make me crazy and so that's why I've always been much you know even though I've been a high priestess and I've been in covens and I've gone through traditions and initiations and all this and that at this point I'm like nope me myself and I yeah. are completely content doing it alone so yeah oh, I feel that too I'm like yeah I feel like it'd be really difficult for me to find a coven that was like totally on the same page. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because <laughs> I'm yeah, so definitely. weird. And I think too that when, you know, if you, if, you know, and I, I'm totally not disparaging covens. I think covens are great if mm. you're somebody who feels you need that sort yeah. of structure. Um, and I don't, and I think that there's a point where we all kind of do because again, most of us come from more structured religion at some point in our lives. And so the structure of a coven can be really great when you are trying to get a handle on what your practice is and what it is that you're all about. Um, but I think that there comes a time where, you know, unless you are running the coven, at least for me, unless you're running the coven, it feels restrictive, mm -hmm. you know, cause now you're having to do it's, it's the dogma thing that as a, you know, for me again, as a chaos, which I just am like, all right, get away. Um, it's the, you know, the idea of you, we do things this way and this is just how it's always done. And, yeah. and I've always been a person who's like, okay, why? Why do we do it this way? And why is it always done this way? And why hasn't it ever changed? And why is it wrong to change it? You know, um, because I feel like your personal experience is going to change your path. It's going to change who you are and what you do. And if you aren't willing to change as a result of realizing what works, what doesn't, what your life experience has taught you and things like that, then you're not really growing spiritually and you're just stagnating for the sake of following a tradition or being in a coven or, you know, having certain people in your life or whatever. And that just feels like giving up power in a sense. Yeah. And for many people, the reason that we get into the sort of new age and witchy paths are because we didn't like, <laughs> we didn't yeah. like that aspect of religion. And then yeah. like, I see this all the time in like diff different groups. It's like, well, you can't just like make your own group and then set all these rules and say, this is how it is. Exactly. It has to do what I say. <laughs> exactly. And that's why it's just so funny when people are like, oh, I left the church because I couldn't stand like the, you know, the dogma of it and the structure. So I joined a Wiccan coven. Well, what the hell? You just traded one for another. You didn't really, you just changed the scenery, not the actual situation. Like, you know, so, but I mean, it's fine. Again, you know, for some people, that's what they, they that's what they need for me that eventually I got to a point where I'm like, this is exactly what's holding me back is being in these structured traditions and I need to be more free to do whatever. And that, and then when I got into chaos magic and I was like, oh, this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. And so there I am. So. <laughs> so I have one more question for you, Jess. 
And this is something that we talked a little bit about on email mm-hmm. before we um, got on the call. It's the topic of the witch wound. This is something that you hear people talking about a lot at the moment. Like people are are kind of throwing this term around like the witch wound and people seem to be using it to describe lots of different things. And I would really love to hear like your thoughts on that. Like, what is that? Nobody knows. That's my, (laughs) (laughs) that's what, that's the problem. Nobody knows what it is. The phrase came up somewhere and it was juicy sounding and then it became a thing. And now people are basing their whole healing careers on it. And no one knows what the fuck it is because everyone's got a different explanation for what it is. For some people it has to do with the, uh, the, the, uh, like cultural collective DNA, yada, yada of, you know, from the witch burnings and other people say it's because, you know, women are oppressed just culturally everywhere at some point. And it's just from generations being passed down. And it's just because you're a woman. And it's like, you pick, pick a definition for one. Can we get somebody to just define this thing? Because everyone's got a different story. And then the thing that drives me nuts about it is that I don't think I've ever really seen much of anybody First of all, talk about this pat, you know, earlier than 2016, mm-hmm. and then talk about it now that isn't selling a, a course, a book, a service, a workshop. It's like everyone's got, you know, it's again, it's like taking something that is very, it's, this is so popular in like the, uh, the new age community and seeing it kind of meld with the witch community makes me want to scream. It's like taking something that's very loosely defined, but is defined enough to cause a pain point and then saying, let me help you fix it. And it's like, first of all, no one knows what the hell they're fixing because you might be doing this workshop on healing the witch wound and you've got 15 women coming and they've all got a different problem and they're all there because their witch wound is different because no one knows why they're even there. They're just, we're going to heal your wound. And it's, you know, because you're a woman, it all goes back to woman's power and the oppression of the Inquisition and blah, blah, blah. And now we're all calling ourselves healed witches at the end of a two-day workshop. And it's like, what the hell are we talking about here? Like, nobody knows. (laughs) So I, you know, to me, I hate the phrase, but okay, if we're going to use it, let's consider what it is that we're really talking about. If a witch is someone who is, to me, male or female, is someone who is using in their power, using it in a way to control their lives and, and direct their lives and their, uh, you know, their energy and their power in the way that they want it to go, to live the life that they want to live and to manifest what they want to manifest in this life, then to have a wound around that is a matter of owning your power and is a matter of how you, um, you know, how you feel uh, the ability to be in that control. Um, Does it go back generations? It might. I mean, but that's where you have to literally look at your own family. Um, I hate this term and I I hate this term collective DNA. DNA is not collective. The subconscious is collective. There's cultural consciousness that's collective, but DNA is not collective. And we, but we know for a fact from actual study that traumatic experience from, you know, like your great, 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 great grandmother can change the DNA 
that is then passed down. But if you didn't actually, if someone in your family didn't have the experience of whatever it is, then it has not changed your DNA. It can change your consciousness because culturally something may have affected, um, you know, it's just affected the cultural consciousness. Um, but your DNA has not been affected by something that no one in your family's ever experienced. So like for me, um, as far as I know, from as far of the, you know, as much of the um, ancestry and the genealogy that I've done so far, I have no Jewish family. So I can't say that my DNA has been harmed by the Holocaust. I don't have any Jewish family. Um, but is there a cultural and just subconscious issue from that? Of course, because everyone who knows of the Holocaust has some sort of you know, feel some sort of way about it and it affects them in some way. And so how we work with that is how we heal it. Um, so the whole witch wound thing, I think is, again, it's a matter of perception because no one's been able to define it. There is no definition for it. Um, it means different things to different people. Um, but I think ultimately, if we really look at all of the various ways people define it, it does come down to a matter of power. Um, and looking at where you are not owning your power, how you use your power effectively, and learning how to be more in control of that. Um, but again, everyone's going to have a different way of looking at that. Yeah, I love that definition so much because it is, it is like one of these things that people are talking about and using it in so many different contexts that now when somebody says like witch wound, it's like, which witch wound? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, what? Like, I have so many, I don't even know, like, which one this is anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. It's nuts. And it's, but I mean, it's, you know, it's one of those things where I feel like we're, again, misusing the word witch mm -hmm. and kind of like going, oh, well, it's a word that, that's powerful and subversive. So we're going to use that word to really stir up some emotions. It's like, yeah, but you're misusing the term. And using it, you know, just to benefit your, you know, your purpose. And that just to me feels just shitty, but. Yeah. 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 I feel like we should do another episode at some point where we talk about like, um, spiritual business stuff. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> I think that would be awesome. <laughs> yes. um, thank you so much for being here. This was such an like really important conversation. I think it's going to like shed a lot of light for people whether you know, the listeners are people who have been on the witchy train for a long time or people who are kind of more new agey and, you know, interested in what the witches are doing. <laughs> um, would you like to tell everybody, please, like where they can find you and how people can work with you and what offerings you have to help people on their path? Well, I have gone through a huge transition recently. So here's Ooh. what's happening now. <laughs> so you can find me on my website at justcarlson.com. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter um, as Just J. Carlson. I am not on Facebook anymore because that is a cesspool. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, yeah, amen. <laughs> <laughs> and I have, um, at this point right now, I'm kind of in between of what I'm doing. I, um, in the late part of 2018, I had made the decision to kind of stop doing one-on-one -on -one work mm -hmm. and focus on being able to share um, magic and, and 
education, because my whole thing is all about educating people how to do their own magic. I am not someone who wants to do magic for other people. I feel like that's just, it's always to me been a very messy area that I'm not interested in getting. I don't want your issues in my life. So I've never been one for doing spells for other people. Always like teaching people how to do their own magic because everyone can be a witch. This is not exclusive. So, um, so my focus right now is really on creating um, online courses, eBooks, digital products, things like that for people to learn how to work magic for themselves. So on my website at this point, um, I do have some currently existing products, but I have some older stuff that I'm revamping and bringing back. Um, and I do have a tar an intuitive tarot course called Intuitive Badass, which is a four-week self-study course on how to read tarot intuitively. Um, and that is a, uh, a fun little thing that has been surprisingly to me very helpful for a lot of people. I don't know why it surprised me that people like it as much as they do and that it is as helpful as it is, but it just made me go, huh, so, you know, screw you for thinking you can't read tarot that way, you know? It doesn't. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah. all of that stuff is there, and I do have an Etsy shop as well, but it, for the most part at this point is really just the same stuff, but my Etsy shop will eventually also be, um, I'll be putting up um, printables of my art and stuff like that, so. Wow, you're amazing. Oh, thank you. So are you. <laughs> Thanks. I'm just so, yeah, I'm so, I'm just so glad that we got to connect and like have this conversation today. I feel very honored to have had you on the podcast chatting. And about I'm very honored to have been here. Thank you so much for having me. You're so, so welcome. I will put all of your links and all of the deets um, in how everybody can find you in the show notes and uh What's the other thing on the blog where this, where this, some people might be listening to this on the blog. So all the, all of your links will be there really easy to find. And um, yeah. Yay. I just thank you so much for being here. Thank you. You've been listening to new age hipster radio for more good vibes and spiritual goodness. Head to newagehipster.co. Thanks for listening and peace out.